0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Chapter 12
1: and... As I mentioned, there are three sets of sevens that I believe are in chronological order that we've been reading through. There are seven seals, and the seventh seal opens up seven trumpets, and then the seventh trumpet will open up the seven bowls. But we get to chapter 12, and this is a great example uh, of the fact that the chapters of Revelation are not all written in chronological order. And if you try to read them that way, uh, you won't understand it. But this chapter, you'll notice it's like we push pause at the end of chapter 11. And then there's this whole explanation or actually several explanations within chapter 12. And some have called this an excursus, uh, something of an appendix, like everybody knows what an appendix is in a book. It, it's, a, it's not a chapter of the book, but it's an additional um, section with information that helps you to further understand what is in the book. And that's what is happening here. Uh, John, by the Holy Spirit, writes chapter 12 to help us to step back and to get an overview of really history. Now watch this. And so you'll see you have to sort of pull yourself out of the tribulation period now and let John explain a bigger picture, or let's say it more accurately. Let the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John, show us the big picture. It's still with it's still symbolic. And so uh, not all of these details are to be taken literally. They are figurative, but I think it's pretty easy to understand the gist of what the Holy Spirit explains. Here it is, chapter 12. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman, Clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head, a garland of 12 stars. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Okay. So, let's talk about this woman. It said there was a great sign. This was a big deal. Okay. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. Well, this woman clothed with the sun, this is talking about the fact that this woman has been given the light of the glory of God. Okay, so this woman clothed with the sun, with the moon, notice, under her feet. So there's a level of dominion that's given to this woman. And on her head, a garland of 12 stars. So this this woman has been crowned with something. There's something special about this woman. And it goes on to say, uh, Then the woman, being with child, cried out in labor uh, to give birth. Well, guess who this woman is? This woman is Israel, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was raised up uh, uh, out of every nation of the world. In fact, it started with one man, Abraham. And God made this covenant with Abraham. Through that covenant, Abraham and his descendants had a level of spiritual dominion in the earth. This is the only man, Abraham, and this was the only nation in the earth that was in covenant with the creator of heaven and earth. And God's plan was through Israel to bring salvation to the world and the gospel of salvation through the nation of Israel. Jesus was of the nation of Israel. He was Jewish. All 12 apostles were Jewish. The authors of the Bible were Jewish. This book is a Jewish book. The Messiah was a Jewish Messiah. Do you, do you get the point? So this woman had, had, was a special uh, woman representing, of course, the nation of Israel. This is a great sign. And so now John is being shown something about the history of the world, the prophetic biblical history of the world. There's this woman. She's clothed with the sun. She's got the moon under her feet. The 12 stars. Well, what are the 12 stars? These are the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse two, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Verse three, and another sign appeared In heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. Both seven is a number of completion, and ten is also one of the numbers of completion. And so he has seven diadems on his head and and ten horns, okay? Uh, Seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. Diadems like uh, we're talking about being crowned. In other words, this dragon has on his head, on his heads, he's got the authority of the nations of the world. This is the prince of the power of the year. This is the God of this age. This is the devil. We'll see it very clearly because uh, God is going to spell it out in exact detail to where you can't mistake who exactly this is. So, first, John sees the sign of this woman who has been given a special place and special dominion with the 12 stars. And then he sees another sign of this great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail, the dragon's tail, drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. We'll find out that these stars represent angels, a third of the angels were drawn with him and thrown to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. What are we talking about? We're talking about Israel that gave birth to the Messiah, whom we know as Jesus, or Hebrew Yeshua. And notice this dragon knew the prophecies had foretold this, this dragon knew that if she gives birth to this child, this child was sent to bring salvation to the world. So this dragon wants to devour her child as soon as it's born. Well, do you remember King Herod, when he had heard that the Magi said, we saw the star and the king is born. Where is the king who is born? And when Herod heard about that, he ended up sending to the place where uh, Jesus was born, the region, and having all the little boys, two years old and under, slaughtered. Well, this wasn't just Herod. Here, the Bible's telling us, oh no, that was the dragon using Herod to try to destroy the Messiah, to try to destroy Jesus, even at his birth. But do you remember Joseph was warned in a dream to flee to Egypt because this was going to happen. God was protecting the child. He was protecting Jesus, the Savior. And so it goes on to say in verse five, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. Well, that's pretty clear who this is, isn't it? And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Well, what does that mean? That's talking about his ascension. Notice though, this is a huge overview because it talks about how he was born. And then it says, and he was caught up. So it completely, it completely skips over his whole life, his life, his ministry, all the miracles that happened, the things that we read about in all the gospels. Well, that's just not here. It just skips that time period completely. So it says he was caught up. And this is the ascension uh, to God in His throne, verse 6. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. She fled into the wilderness. Now, some people will think, well, that's uh, the temple being destroyed in 70 AD and the Jews being scattered all over the world. No, because that wasn't 1,260 days or we'd say three and a half years. Nope. See, once again, to understand this, you have to realize that there's a great time period that skipped here. And it's the time from when Jesus ascended all the way to the time of the tribulation period. And now we have three and a half years of the tribulation period that uh, this woman or the Jewish people are going to escape into the wilderness. And you remember the seal on the 144,000 We see even during the tribulation period that God is bringing protection to his people. Yes, there will be some that are martyred. That's clear and uh, actually quite a number. But by and large, we see God protecting just like in the Passover. We saw God protecting his people after three plagues. We saw that God made a distinction between the land of Goshen and the land of Egypt, and God protected the people in the land of Goshen, but the plagues came on the Egyptians. And we see the same thing happening in the tribulation period, that God is bringing protection and making a way for his people to be protected and uh, and spared from the devastation that's happening in the world. And of course, we saw last chapter with the rapture, Happening before the seven bowls are poured out of God's wrath. Thank God. Okay, now, notice this. It says uh, that for 1,260 days, the woman, uh, she she fled into the wilderness where there was a place prepared by God. Notice that they should feed her, feed her there for the 1,260 days. Verse 7, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels. So you can see where Michael ranks. I mean, this is the top general in the armies of God, the angelic armies of God. Michael and his Angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. Cast out of what? Cast out of heaven. What? Now watch this. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Well, when it says, well, obviously, the devil and Satan, well, we can see exactly who it is. It's the devil. It's Satan, right? Same person. But notice this. It also says that serpent of old. See, I've heard some people say that in the garden, when that serpent came and deceived Eve, I've heard some people say, well, that doesn't say it's the devil. It just says it was a serpent. So you can't say that was the devil. <laughs> well, when you get to chapter 12, and I think also in the 19th chapter, it says the same thing. Uh, boy, just the word of God just in, interprets itself. And it says that the great dragon, here's the dragon, that serpent of old, that's another title for him, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. That's exactly what he did to Eve, right? Right. He was cast to the earth. Sometimes I wanted to ask God, why did you cast him here? Why didn't you cast him to Mars or something, some other place? But it says he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard verse Notice this verse 10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So uh, what's interesting is, first of all, this whole chapter, you can see there's this chapter is depicting the overall war between God and this This rebellious angel, who used to be the anointed angel, cherub who covers, you remember. Uh, But this rebellious angel whose tail drew a third of the angels to follow him. But there's war between them. But you can see the devil can never (laughs) overcome God. No way. And he's cast to the earth. And then this says, notice that, uh, come down here to uh, the end of verse Uh, 10. And it says, the accuser of our brethren who, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. What Satan was doing in heaven is he was accusing us before God. Look at what he did. Look at what she did. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. They don't deserve your promises. They don't deserve salvation. Look, look, look. Constantly accusing until he was cast out. You remember at the beginning of the book of Job, The Bible says, when the sons of God came and presented themselves before God, Satan also came and presented himself. And God says, what are you doing? Walking around to and fro on the earth? In other words, the earth that you created, I'm just going anywhere I want to. Why? I've been given that privilege by the flesh, by the sinfulness of the sons of men. They do what I influence them to do. And therefore, they give me the dominion and the authority to do whatever I want to do. I walk wherever I want to walk. To and fro, he said. And so, uh, he was able to do this. But notice here, he was cast out, cast out. But he was accusing them, the brethren, day and night before God. Look at verse 11. And he was cast down to the earth. He's been cast down. Verse 11. And they, who's they? the brethren. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So this tells us how the believers on the earth overcome this accuser, overcome this devil, this serpent of old, Satan, who's been thrown to the earth, how do we overcome him? Well, first by the blood of the Lamb. If it's not the blood of the Lamb that washes us from our sins, we have no place, no position of authority. We must be born again. We must be washed from our sins. And so we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And look at this. And by the word of their testimony, by us giving testimony that we are saved by the blood of Jesus, that God has changed our lives. And look at this. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now, why is that important? Because this deceiver tries to deceive us into loving our lives, loving our pleasures, loving our money, loving our sexual activity. We love our lives. And by loving our lives, he controls us. But these people, oh, may this be all of us. These people overcame him by the blood of the lamb, washing them from their sins by giving their testimony, continuing to testify that they are born again, blood washed, servants of the Lord God. And they did not love the life on this earth, the money, the pleasures and such. They did not love their lives on this earth to the death, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of, of martyrdom. They would not succumb to the fleshly desires that Satan was putting in front of them to sin against God. And so they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, holding fast the profession of their faith and refusing to love their life in this world but rather to choose the the eternal life that's to come. Praise God. That's powerful, isn't it? Verse 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. So rejoice, heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the seal. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And the seal for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. The devil's angry. He's been defeated by God. Jesus has defeated him at the cross. He's angry. He knows he has a short time. So woe to you on the earth. In other words, like Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we must stay on top of these things. Verse 13. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman. So now we're back to the woman. Who is the woman? Israel. Israel. He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child, Jesus, the Messiah, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished. Remember before it says she was given food where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time before it said 1260 days or three and a half years. Now it says a time and times and half a time. That's also representing three and a half years from the presence of the serpent. In other words, God is giving protection. This great eagle of sorts picks her up, it's reminiscent of of Ezekiel 19, that where God says, you saw what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. See, he pulled them out of uh, the Egyptian, the plagues, the bondage, the slavery, he pulled them out on eagles wings, and brought them to himself. And this says he's going to do this uh, with two wings of a great eagle, and uh, bring... People out into the wilderness, in other words, out from Jerusalem, where all of this is happening with the Antichrist and the dragon and such, persecuting the woman, persecuting the people of God. And and we're going to see in a minute, it's not just the Jewish people. Watch. It says, she's brought out and she's nourished here for a time and times and half a time. Verse 15. So the serpent spewed water. Now it calls this dragon the serpent so that serpent of old, right, spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon has, had spewed out of his mouth. So here's here's the enemy trying to, if he can't dominate her here and God's protecting her, well, he's trying to still chase her down. Well, this is uh, a flashback to Pharaoh. And even though God brought the people of God out of Egypt, what happened? Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he came after after the children of Israel with his armies. And do you remember God split the Red Sea and drowned the armies of Pharaoh there? So uh, the earth swallowed up the flood, and so water's involved yet again, and the power of God goes into operation, and the earth delivers, the woman delivers Israel, and, and I believe this is talking about believing Israel, or the Messianic Jews delivers them. Uh, from the dragon. Uh, of course, the woman in general is not just talking about Messianic Jews because Jesus was not born of Messianic Jews because nobody was Messianic yet. Because the child had to be, uh, had to be born for anybody to believe in him once he died on the cross. So the woman in general is just talking about the Jewish people. See, so notice this, verse 17, let's finish this chapter. And this is such an important point. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. And let me tell you, no wonder the nations have been against the Jewish people. More UN resolutions have been written against Israel, this little sliver of a nation, than any other nation. It's because the dragon, the prince of the power of the air, the God of this age, is enraged with the Jewish people, enraged with Israel. So it says, and the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. So when he couldn't get to the woman and God was protecting the, the nation of Israel, the, the Jewish people, he couldn't get to them. What did he do? He went to the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. who are the rest of the offspring? Do you remember the Bible says in the book of Revelation, the first chapter, Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. The rest of the offspring, these are the Gentile believers. These are the rest of us who have believed in this Jewish Messiah. And we're also now offspring of Israel from the Jewish book, the Jewish Messiah. It's the Gentiles. And guess what? Now we have This same dragon, this same serpent of old, the devil and Satan, who has always been after the Jewish people, after the church. (laughs) Well, we knew that already. We knew we were in a war. But here, chapter 12 is this excursus or is this uh, this section that says, let's just step back for a minute and look at this whole war that's happening between God and the devil and the devil and the people of God, the Jews and the devil and the church. And so that's what this is. It's a step back looking at the big picture. And then we'll get back in 13, uh, back to the things that are happening in the tribulation period. I hope you're enjoying this as much as i am that's chapter 12 look forward to chapter 13 tomorrow
0: thank you for joining us for the new testament daily with jerry dearman and thank you to those of you who have partnered with solid lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world if you would like to partner with solid lives visit solidlivescom dot com slash give to find out more about the ministry of solid lives how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple-making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman.